What can you do to improve your service-based business next year? How can you make your offer more appealing to your ideal clients? And how can you work better and improve your income so it's win-win all around? With the recession hanging about making things weird, us all super tired before Christmas, recovering from the weirdest few years of most of us in living history, and the desire to have more flexibility in our lives for all the things we want to do, making our business work better is key. We at Identify take time out every year to refine our offer. We make little changes through the year and test ideas, but the biggest changes happen over the December to January period. This is for a few reasons. It's it's the first of, it's kind of like a natural cutoff for us to introduce price points on new offers. And we've also been historically quieter over this period, although that certainly hasn't been the case for the last few years, including this year. It's really good to have a certain time of the year where we can reflect though and we measure and have a look and for us the end of the year always feels like a great place to do that. The upshot of our refining last year was me introducing a coaching program in April of this year. It was initially a 13-week program but now it's a 12-month one due to the request of the initial people I worked with. Our first monthly intake for that starts in February and we've also got registrations lined up at the start of March and April already, which is crazy for me. I'm so happy with how it's moving. And there are little changes I need to make, but not huge ones. However, one of our core offers, our marketing strategy and action plan, needed a big overhaul. We're making significant changes to how we're delivering it in response to client feedback, the changing economic situation, and my own personal best ways of working. So in this episode, I'm going to take you through all the different things you can consider when you're looking at how you can improve your offer and talk through which ones fitted us this year and which ones didn't. If you know that you need to have a think about this over the Christmas and New Year's break or afterwards if you're listening post-January, and you know that you're not in your zone of genius most of the time, if you want to make more money in less time or you want to deliver a better result for your customers, well then, this episode is for you. I hope you enjoy. Welcome, this is Mibbit Marketing and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. Welcome to episode 86 of Mapit Marketing. I'm your host, Rachel Claver, and today it is me talking to you about how to create a better offer for your service-based business coming up in the next year or what you can do every year to do that. Before we jump in, obviously, I would love to say first, thank you so much for tuning in. There's lots of podcasts out there and I know that you've got options. So thank you for choosing to listen to this one today. If you love it, please do rate and review it. If you don't love it, you can tell me, but please don't put anything publicly. You can just come and tell me privately. And I would love you to become a part of our Facebook group, Map It Marketing. You can ask questions that come up from this podcast if you like, and I will answer them for you in that group. It's a great way to get support. And there's a whole lot of other business owners in there that you can talk to, get advice and support from, and just enjoy hanging out with. Right, we're going to jump into how you can create that better offer for your service-based business. As I mentioned in the introduction, this is something that we do every year. 
Um, I am someone who likes change and I'm never satisfied with the things we do. I start off satisfied. I'm super excited about next year and what we're doing. But as I go through the year, I start going, hmm, I think I could have done this better. And sometimes I can make a slight change then. But also there are often times where I go, this isn't quite fitting and I need more time to do it before I make any changes. And I also find that the world changes as well. Sometimes we have to make a quick pivot or a quick change that we did around COVID and around the pandemic. And other times it's just about watching and looking at what's going ahead of time. So now that the pandemic's gone and we're having to stop making things on the fly, one of the things that I was very conscious of was looking at the recession, looking at people's buying behaviors, looking at what I think is coming and kind of forecasting how I think people are going to behave in the next 12 months. And so that's part of what I would use to refine our offer. I would also look at things like my customer feedback. I'm really big on listening to customer feedback. And sometimes, let's be honest, it's not one person's feedback that I'll listen to. It will be a range of feedback over a period of time. And sometimes when I get that feedback, I'm not ready to hear it. I'd love to say that I always am, but often I have a real belief in what we're doing and I can't see an alternative. So sometimes things don't change right away, but it's sitting there and making me process and think, how can I make this better? And so that's one of the things I'll always do. I'm just going to move my head, my microphone a little bit closer. And so I will often take a while, like I probably take longer than some of you would take, but that's one of the things I would do. We also look at things like, are we still profitable in the things we're doing? Is the time that it's taking to do the thing in line with what we thought it would be for that thing to be profitable? Is it something that is I'm enjoying? Um, I think it's really important for me as well. And so there's a whole lot of things that we look at when we're looking at how we're refine, refining our offer. I will test things through the year. So when we're doing this, obviously, um, for all of you, I do encourage you to make small changes as you go and test things out so that when you get to the time of actually looking, you have some ideas of where to go. But I wanted to go through all the different things that we do. And first, I want to share with you how we have changed one of our core offers for next year. And then I'll, as we walk through, I'll explain how these areas had an impact on it. So as I mentioned in the introduction, we have a coaching program, which I have changed quite a lot this year that I introduced this year in 2022. And it went from a 12-week program to now a year-long program. And one of the other big differences is it only was going to have two intakes a year. And I quickly found out that that was quite stressful to have ongoing, like two big intakes. It takes a lot of energy and took away from other things that I was doing, including concentrating on the clients that pay me. Uh, and I also found that it just felt like I was in this cycle of sell, 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 do the work, hey, take a breath, feel, feel stressed out, and then sell, sell, sell. Again, it was not really my thing. I like, and also I found that often that people wanted to do it, but there was a big wait until the next time. So I wanted to make that easier and simpler. So we've moved to a monthly model and uh, we have limited intakes every month so that I can still maintain the quality of the program um, and we've already we've already filled up our February one um, we've we've talking about whether we can squeeze a couple of people into that one but at, to all intents and purposes it's filled up for me at the moment and we're already getting people booking for March and April so this model is definitely working for us the pricing I also had to play with quite a lot because we had priced for a three-month uh, one at a higher price um, and now we have it at a lower price per month, but it's across the year uh, because we found most people wanted to go through the information twice anyway. So it's actually, yeah, so we, so we had to play on price. We had to play on offers and it was quite a big thing to work that out. I'm really happy with where it's sitting at the moment. And while there are little changes that I'm kind of walking through in terms of improving 
the systems behind the offer, there's not huge ones. But the big thing that we're changing next year is we have always done a marketing strategy and action plan. It's for a long time that was our core offer of things that I am involved with in the business. And it has a, had a very structured approach, particularly because over COVID, uh, we had to be very careful around timing. And so we created a very, very structured approach where we would do some preparation, we'd have a three-hour session with a client, go away and do all this work, and then come back and deliver over a three-hour session. And one of the things that we kept on finding was, uh, one, our customers would ask for more follow-up and for the price that, that we charge for it, we couldn't fit that in. It wasn't conceived, it wasn't going to be profitable for us to add that in with all the time that was taking me and other people in the team to do prep and to write it up and all those sort of things. So it wasn't profitable for us to do that. So we'd have to make it more expensive and it set at a price point, our strategies are at 4K. That was a good price point for us. And I felt like the price point needed to stay where it was. But also um, the other problem with it is, is I have literally done, I think 300 of those um, in the last few years. We did a lot of them during COVID-19 and I feel I actually, this is a terrible thing to admit, I love doing strategies and action plans and I'm nervous to admit this, but I started feeling physically ill every time I'd go to write a plan because my zone of genius is in working with someone direct and talking to them and working through things. And when it comes to admin and paper, it's just not my thing. Um, and I'm happy to do it and I love what the end result is, but it's a physically painful thing and I procrastinate and then I get stuff done at the last minute and then I've got to give it to my team to type up because I do it all by hand because I didn't, I really hated typing it up. Um, and so it just created this extra thing. There was extra overheads in terms of like getting our team to type it up and get it all ready. And, and so there was a whole lot of little things in there that weren't right. So I really wanted to fix that this year. I wanted to listen to my customers I wanted to listen to myself and I wanted to make sure that we stuck it in the space and I wanted to make it something that I was going to want to keep on doing and I wanted something that was a better offer than the one we have now which is really good it's got people get a lot of value from it and it's got a lot of detail uh, we already offer a free online lifetime access to a portal where they learn how to do stuff although I also have to fix an issue with that because sometimes I can't remember how to give them access um, and that's meant to be someone else's job and I always do it and then mess it up but that's on me uh, but but yes yeah, so I wanted to go through with you all the different things that you can do to create a better offer in your service in the different areas and then I'm going to talk to you a little bit as we walk through that what I did um, so the first one is in terms of pricing and changes in pricing and so this is, you know, I always think that the beginning of the year is a good time to put their pricing up. Uh, I was talking to a client recently who was talking about prices going up and we were saying, you know, people actually expect us to put our prices up during times of high inflation. Um, if you don't put your prices up this time and then you wait it out until the end of the inflation going up, people are always like, hey, why are you putting your prices up now? So this, this is an optimal time if you're going to put prices up to do that. Um, but, you know, you can also put prices down. If you want to simplify your offer, if you want to change the way you're doing it, that's also important. I spoke to a coach uh, earlier on the year and she actually really helped me work out my pricing because one of the things that she did was she made one of her coaching programs cheaper to make it more in line with her one-to-one -one coaching, which she felt she was happy at sitting at that price. 
And you do need to consider that. Like if you've got like a coaching program and it's and it's not much different to your one-to-one, it's going to be hard to sell one or the other of those two things because you need to set the value so that your one-to-one is a lot more expensive than your coaching or your time. Um, I'm still working this through. I've got a Substack membership thing and like an email one and I've set that price and I'm going to drop that. I'm testing that out. Our blended learning um, online school, marketing school, we originally had that at uh, 995 and it doesn't sell easily at 995. We dropped it. They did a special over Black Friday and a whole lot of people bought it at 495. So I'm probably going to set it at 595 next year. And so, so I'm always testing pricing on things where you just kind of want to find that price point. There's no point pricing it too cheap that you're not you're not giving delivering value like that one's got two hours with me so I've got to keep it in keeping with that a one-on-one so you've got to kind of consider that space but you also don't want to price yourself so out of the market that you only get the occasional sale but it actually isn't as, as profitable as lots of people buy you've got to find that sweet spot so you can look at putting your prices up or putting your prices down you can set those babies wherever you want but part of this can also consider things like uh, payment plans or spreading payments. One of the benefits for us, I think, from doing um, one of the things that we did starting about four or five years ago is we started making it easier for people to pay things off. We have two options. They can pay off over 12 months using fee funders. They have to pay funds for that. But we also give them an option to call what I call smooth the payments or spread the payments over three to four months of significant purchases if they want to do that like a strategy. They have to talk to us about that. But it just means that we have that option. Um, there are expectations in that that it has to still be paid. If it's not paid, um, if it's paid late, then they might have to pay it all at once and all those sort of things. But those sort of things, like making it easier for people to say yes to things with the way you price something is really important. It might also be that you decide to reduce what your offer is and make it less than it currently is and make it cheaper or cut up your offer into segments and make them smaller and make those portions smaller to help it make it more accessible. And in a recession, these sort of things can really help in terms of that conversation. Um, The other thing that we have done in terms of pricing is our coaching program, for example, which is $347 plus just a month. Um, I added in that once we went to an annual subscription or an annual year time, a one-on-one session with me, which is also worth $3.95 or um, in there, and they get that for free as an added value. So you might want to add into those pricing, maybe added value to kind of get people across the line. I did it purely because I really just wanted to make sure I've met everyone and know what they're doing and record their goals. Uh, But it's extra that I wasn't doing before when I had a different system. So sometimes you have to really think about that and how you're going to calculate that in. Um, You know, some people with coaching programs will load it up heavily in the first three months and then cut it down. To be honest, that's often because in New Zealand, we have the regional business partner funding. A lot of people skew it so that they can get most of it funded. It didn't sit right for me, so I haven't done that. But there's options. There's options around pricing. So have a think about it. How do you want to see your pricing? Does it need to go up? Does it need to go down? Do you need to break up offers and make them cheaper as segments? Do you need to spread the payments, have a payment scheme? Do you want to use something like fee funders or something similar to have as an option for people to pay off for bigger ticket options? Think about it. Are you going up or down? And that could be a way that you could change your offer. 
The next one after pricing is looking at scaling. And one of the things I really enjoyed when I asked my Facebook group is Sal Lee, who was mentioned a couple of weeks in my podcast, making a bit of deal with this, Sal. I know when you're listening, you're going to be like, oh, you talked about me again. Um, but Sal talked about something I think is really important is that quite often we talk about scaling, we're all about scaling up, making things bigger. I I personally have a phrase that I use quite a lot, which is work more, oh, sorry, work less, get paid more, or earn more, work less. And I teach it to a lot of my clients in the service-based industry that we're not wanting necessarily, I'm 51, I'm not wanting to actually work seven days a week. I get really snitchy. I actually got a bit snitchy in a, in a Facebook group today because someone was asking, I'm recording this uh, prior, I'm recording this on the 8th of December. So it's still a couple of weeks before it goes live. And one of the things that I got really snitchy about um, was someone asked in a group, is anyone taking time off? And someone said, oh, I'm only taking off a couple of days over Christmas and a couple of days over New Year's because I actually love my work. And I'm like, you know what? I really love my work too. Stop making this a competition. Uh, just because you take time off to recoup and spend time with your family or just actually just enjoy your own space or time with friends does not mean you don't love your work. Perhaps your priorities are not just to do work all the time. And I think there's this weird thing where some people seek value in trying to show that they're better because they are working all the time. I don't think working all the time shows that you uh, love your job more than somebody else. It just means that you may find elements of what your job doing is relaxing or maybe actually your job is your work isn't going well that well and you don't want to say that and you have to work because you can't detach from it I don't know your company is a black box to me I don't know but scaling is not always scaling up and becoming busier it's not about adding more shit in sometimes scaling in it means that you have to up means you have to employ more people do we want to do that uh, Rod and I have talked about this lots. You know, during COVID, we grew. We had extra strategists this year. We've used those less because it's been quieter. And and we have plans that it will one day just be us two with some admin people. Um, and that will be eventually what we do. That's not because I don't see value in growing a bigger business. And I know there's lots of other people who do that. But actually, for both of us, it's not where we want to go. We don't want to have time around managing people as part of our business as a big part of our business, just because of the stage of life we're at. And that can be true for lots of people. So looking at, you know, do you want to scale up or down? Do you want to grow a team? Do you want to have, um, you know, more people but doing some of the doing this in the next year? Do you want to be doing less of that? Or do you want to be doing more of the doing and less of the administrative stuff that goes? And, and how is that going to look? And what could you change to your offer to make that happen? Look at your growth and what you want to do. Look at your time that you want to give to it. Look at your energy commitments. You know, a couple of weeks ago, you would have heard the podcast um, around me deciding to um, take some time out this year to have surgery. And that was a conscious decision. It cost our business financially. Uh, but it's it's about actually looking at how you want your business to fit in with your life. And that's something that we can do as service providers and service-based businesses. And it's totally okay. Whether you're a solopreneur or you've got a team, you are within your rights to choose those things. Also through this, you can look at things like outsourcing, outsourcing to make things easier. You know, it might be that you can look at how you're going to focus more on the things that you know you can deliver. One of the things that Rod and I talked about when we first started looking at these things and how to offer is we sat down and went, 
What is the stuff that both of us just love doing? And how do we do more of that and less of the stuff we don't like? And how do we reduce our reliance on other people for that other stuff? How do we minimize even needing to do those things? Because it helps us build a business the way we want to build it. So have a look at that. You can also look at things like sticking points. You know, that's one of the reasons that I've changed the model for our marketing strategy is that I really want to work with people. My The best place for my energy is when I'm working with someone one-on-one in a video situation, a Zoom situation or a meeting situation. So instead of having two meetings of three hours duration now, we've changed it to six meetings of 90 minutes. And we will write the strategy with the person live in that time. And to me, this is super exciting because it means that I'm working in my zone and I love it. I don't get stuck on the stuff that actually makes me go to sleep. I have to have a nap every time I write up a strategy because it just exhausts me. So I remove that. So it's a sticking point. It also removes the need to have an admin person to type it up for me uh, because I won't need that because the client will be typing as they go. And so I'm removing sticking points or issues. Will people not want to work with me because I'm making them do more of the work? Possibly. But will the right people who are saying to me, hey, I actually really want more of your time, want to be with me? I think so. So I'm removing the sticking points, the things that make it harder for me to work ongoing and really do my best work in terms of strategies and action plans and focusing on the stuff that I do best to deliver that. And that's a really important part of that scanning up and down. So I have some things that are like that. And then I have my my coaching group, the scanning up or down. We know how many we need to have in that group for it to be uh, sustainably profitable. Even saying that, I also don't want to break what I've already got. So as I mentioned earlier, I am limiting how many people come in every month to make sure that I keep the culture of that group going. So the long-term thinking means that we lose out in the short term, but the long-term thinking means that I win in terms of having an amazing community that I've built. And to me, that is also super important when it comes to working what things are doing and how it works. Um, So that's a really important one for us as well. Right, then the next thing um, that we would do is we would um, look at one or one-to-many, which is kind of this area as well. So the first thing we would do is think about, you want to think about, do you want to stay one-to-one, which is perfectly fine. Like I for years only wanted to do one-to-one. I did not want to do small group stuff at all. And I knew when I was ready to do that and I wasn't always ready to do that right away. So you can actually look about um, how you're going to do that and work through how you're going to make sure that that you're ready for working with one-to-one or many, like work that out and choose it. Um, Or you might be ready to do small group coaching or larger groups. And only you know whether that's going to be a right fit for you. You might want to make a change this year of which way you're going to do. The other thing you can look at is how you best communicate with people. So for me, um, I am really enjoying uh, going and doing live events again this year. Um, I've done a few. So next year, I've jumped in to do more. Now, they take a lot of energy. I have deep, passionate fear that, they won't work because no one will come and come to them. Um, And I'm pushing past that fear. My word for next year is fearless and I'm going to be fearless. We have some rules like if only two will come, we'll have to cancel it. I hate that too because I have a no cancellation thing inside me in terms of integrity. But we're really focusing on focusing on growing and pushing past the thing. So are you going to do paid events next year? Are you going to do paid webinars? Are you going to have other streams of income? Are you going to do sell products? Are there other things that you can do? 
Um, I'm really looking at, you know, using selling more of our webinars and our trainings and actually having those plus free ones to grow our list. Those are some things you can do that you can also then offer. So often my paid stuff that are courses that I've created, I'll often have them as an added value to a client. It's a really easy thing to give them that. It's got a value on it. We do sell them as well. And that's a really good way to kind of build that relationship with them. So, but working out that balance between pricing from one to one to one to many is really important. And I normally say it should be between, um, so it should be at least a quarter of that time that they would spend with you one to one should be part of that cost. Um, and so that should be part of that pricing structure. Um, I feel my group coaching, the value they get, they may not, not agree, but I think they're getting it at a really good price. Um, and then next year in 12 months time, once I've got this model really right, the price will go up. And I know that the price will go up. I plan these things quite a way in advance, but I always make sure I've got the model right before I put the price up to make sure that I've got that value. And just also, we always grandfather the original price with the people that we're working with because we don't believe they should just suddenly be signed up and it changes which is also really important all right the next thing we need to think about is recession proofing and we've talked this a little bit but you know really looking at things like um do you need to add payment plans to help people during a recession um you may need to do that but also look at what people are really needing you know talk to the stress points of people of what people are doing you may need to change your messaging a little bit to function it's like during covid and the pandemic you know, our messaging really changed during then and I've sensed a shift. Um, I'm currently redoing our brand story. It may not be live by the time this goes live. Uh, but one of the things we're really doing is, is trying to tap into where people are right now. I do believe people are really wanting to build community and feel supported to have hope and to really see results. And so a lot of the work around now is, for me, the messaging is really about the results that people get from the work they do with us as opposed to just the, hey, let's get this started and, and get a stru get structure and get it organized and all those sort of things. So that's really important. And then also considering how much time you're going to factor in for the marketing, because with recession, more people are marketing kind of out of panic or stress. And so there's more noise. So you really need to have a plan in place of how you're going to market. It's one of the things in terms of simplifying your offer. We really want to keep it a very simple offer because if we're talking about too many things, it can become really confusing. So finding a way to have a really clear idea of what you're doing is super important when you're looking at your service-based things. So we have done, I'm just going to go recap, we've talked about pricing and changes. We've talked about scaling and whether you should think about scaling up or down. Um, think about one-to-one -one or one-to-many. If you are scaling up or down, if you're scaling up, you do need to make sure you've got other people to help you with admin support and things like that. It's too hard It's too hard to do by yourself. You know, you may need a VA, you might need to have some internal help of admin assistant, or you might just need to get other team members or pull in other people. I know that as our coaching program um, grows, I've got benchmarks where I go, when we have this number of people in the group, I am going to get uh, these people to come and help on a regular basis in terms of this. When I hit this group, this is when I'm going to get an admin assistant to help with that group. I have very clear ideas of where I need to have that to fit in with the growth and it's budgeted into that growth as well. Um, and then, so we've got recession proofing. And then the other thing you can do is think about ways you can add value. Um, so one of the things that we did a few years ago with our strategies is we have a whole lot of um, 
recorder information that goes with our strategies like how to set up a Google business page or how to optimize your Instagram page or how to run a very simple Facebook ad and things like that that really help people with some of the action points they get, common action points that they might get in their strategy. And so that was one thing that took us quite a lot of time to do. And so one of the things I need to do is update that for next year, but it's not my top priority until I get this new model right. So sometimes the other thing is, is identifying things that should be done but also making sure that you do them in the right order. So that can be a really good way to add value. But adding value can mean that you can either put the price up or it can just be a change of, of what you're doing or it can just be delivering more to promises and just having a bank of something that can help. So for me, that might be something like, um, you know, adding recordings. You could do um, audio recordings. It's something I'm investigating as private podcasting uh, for, some, for my mailing list um, in terms of like support and for my coaching group. Uh, more written materials. So you might have, if you're more of a writer, you might have re regular blogs. Again, I've got that as a part of my private subscription. Um, on Substack is some more written materials regular. You might have courses that you want to use and evolve. I normally suggest with courses that you already have a community or have um, interactions with people before you start doing a course because otherwise it can be really hard. But some of the content you can do. And I think with, with courses... One of the things I find really fascinating at the moment is blended learning is, is really successful and big. So if you are doing a course, adding some one-on-one -on -one in there really helps people come across the line because they know that they're going to have that support from you, which is super important. Um, quite often, you know, having some ongoing information, you know, I think often that last resort or the things like additional information or adding value um, that the one-to-one one -one time with you is always at the top and you have to be really careful how much of that you give away because that is the thing you've got that's finite. So you have to be really careful that when you're giving away one-to-one -one time as part of adding value, that it is something that isn't going to get out of, out of your way and out of reach. Um, again, that's another reason why I've limited how many new people start with us um, per month of our coaching program because I have a one hour one-on-one uh, -on -one with each one of them and that on top of everything else I do that month before can make it tricky and I don't want to drop the work that I'm already doing or drop the value of the work I'm already doing. It was another thing that I really thought about by doing the six sessions for our marketing strategy. How do I fit that in and how do I make that work without getting worn out? Uh, I've got ADHD, so I have days where hanging out with people is really exhausting and so I had to really think about, will I have the energy to do that? And and to be honest, I think it will have more energy from that. Um, I'll get more energized from that than doing the other things because I can do 90 minutes, take a half hour break, and then go into another 90 minute session, um, effectively doing a couple or three in a day, which would be much more manageable for me. So looking at your own energy levels in there is also really important and things that create flexibility. Um, I, I think that one of the things with service providers is really thinking about whether you're also blocking out time for yourself and your self-care and looking after yourself, your marketing, your admin, all those other things. And so whatever you're creating needs to have room for that. And if it doesn't have room for that, we've got a problem. The last thing you can think about is, would it make a difference if you went completely online as opposed to in-person? Um, I still do some in-person work, but most of the work I do is online. The main reason that is so is that uh, we work across New Zealand and it just opens everything up. But one of the things I did years ago, which really changed things for us, is we looked at how much time it was taking us in terms of lost time to get to appointments with people, especially when they didn't show. Sometimes they forgot it was on and they booked it. 
um, you know, how much time we get spent in traffic or traveling to another destination and how much of that will be lost um, lost time for us. How much energy, more energy you expend by having to travel somewhere and the cost of that to the business. So that's a really important thing is, is considering is the model you've got something that's really making the most of your time. One of the things that we did uh, a while ago, four or five years ago, we haven't done it for the next year because we don't need to, is we made it that if someone wanted to see us in person, they have to come to us or it costs more for us to go to them. And that really changed our model in a big way. And I hope that for some of you, you could also think about that. You are allowed to charge a premium price if you're required to travel somewhere else. You should not be absorbing those costs, that time cost. It's not just about flights. It is the day you lose or the half day you lose every time you do it there or back. That counts as time that you could be using for your marketing. That's time that you could be using for another client. That's time that you could be using for planning or whatever it is. And that time can be wasted. So thinking about can you move more of your work online to help deliver to a higher number of people or be more economical with your time, that can also help. So those are all the different ways that you can do it. I'll go through them again. So look at your pricing. Do you need to change your pricing or change the way that people pay you? Um, do, can, do you want to scale up and become a bigger business in the next 12 months? Or do you want to scale back or down and become something that fits more in with your lifestyle? Do you want to focus more on one-to-one people and working one-to-one or do you want to focus more on one-to-many and how could you make that happen? And if you're doing both, what's the price relationship or the offer relationship between the two that would work? Maybe you want to do paid events. Do you want to do something that is the gathering in? Do you want to do more strategic stuff where you're working within other people and they are finding clients or customers for you? Um, then you need to think about recession-proofing, looking at what's going on. And, and I don't. it's not just a recession as business owners, we just have to become so much better at looking and starting to feel what's going on around us and trying to preempt it. This is key because otherwise we get stuck until it's too late. So have a think, how would the recession or how may the recession impact? Do you have to change your messaging? Do you have to change the way you're packaging things up because of the way that it's going? Have a think about that. Then think about quick wins to add value. How can you add extra bits and pieces that make people feel like they're getting a really good go from you? Um, I've got a list of about 25 ways that you can add easy value to people. Some of them have one-on-one time, but most of them are not. And I think that makes a huge difference is actually cultivating something that makes it, how can I add value in a really easy or simple way that once I've done it, it's done once, it adds permanent value to that offer that I've got that I can say, oh, and you get this. And the last one is thinking about that online versus in person to see if you can reduce things that expend your energy levels, um, reduce time that you, uh, time cost yourself. And if there is time cost that's needed, that that is transferring that cost onto the other person, either in them traveling to you or them paying for you to travel. And that's all the different things. I hope this has helped you. Um, I would love to hear if you've got anything I've missed in the marketing group, come and tell me. And otherwise, um, come and ask questions and they come part of marketing. And if you're wanting to know more about how to develop that offer and narrow offer, you can read my book, Be a Spider Builder Web. Um, it's on Amazon, but you can also get it on beaspiderbuilderweb.com. There's a link to our website that we can get them for you in New Zealand, Australia, the US and the UK. We can, if, you order, if you're listening from there, we can order them and they can get delivered to you um, from those places. 
And otherwise, I hope that 2003, 2003, 2023 is a very special year for you. And I hope it has all the growth that you're looking for and you're hoping for. First, Merry Christmas. This is coming out just a couple of days before Christmas of 2022. So if you're listening to this before Christmas, I hope that you have an amazing time. And if you're listening in that break between Christmas and New Year's where you can't remember what the day is, I hope that that long feeling continues and you have a beautiful holiday. If you are listening to this and you're hoping that you can work things out and using this time to clear your head, go ahead. I get my best ideas during the break when I turn my brain off and just let it relax. So all the best working that out. And if you want to ask questions, I am still around in the Mapit Marketing Facebook group. I can answer things, maybe not right away because I might be, you know, fishing or something, but you can come and ask questions. And I want to say a big special, special thank you to every one of you that has taken time to listen to this podcast this year, where you've listened and given me feedback, you've um, suggested ideas or sent me beautiful emails or or even left a review. Honestly, that makes such a difference to us as a podcast. Thank you. I am going to be back next week. I've got an amazing guest for you because I'm doing podcasts all the way through. I worked through this year. Uh, so next year, I'll be wishing you a welcome to 2023 as the, one of the last days of the year. But until then, have an amazing holiday. If you're taking time off, if you're not, commiserations. And we will, oh, if you're not of the Christian faith too, I hope you survive all this crazy Christmas talk as well. Right. I'm going to go off and um, do some final shopping for my family because it's that crazy time of the year. Have a good week. If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you love this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.